Hello and welcome to a very special Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. I'm here with Sonia from uh, the newly remastered theatrical cut. Yeah, we can call it that if you You're like. You're right with that? Yeah. I like it. 4K restoration. Yeah, there we theatrical go. Yeah. Cut. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I suppose more of a director will be. No, no I'm talking bollocks now. Um, so we're going to talk about. We did this before when Mindhunter came out, series one, I think, or yeah. something came out. I think talked, it must have been Mindhunter. We just wanted to talk serial killers, basically. Yeah, basically. However, series two of Mindhunter's come out, and I wanted someone to talk to about it because Russ is too much of a wimp to watch it, and Tom's got so much of a backlog, he hasn't even watched Endgame yet, so... <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, so, so much of our podcast is, um, and this is happening in the MCU, and we can't talk about it, and this is happening, and we can't talk about it. So hopefully, at some Whereas point... Whereas I just refuse to talk about it. Yeah, too right. Uh, that's fine. We, we don't have to talk Spider-Man if you don't want okay, to. Okay, I was just about to ask you what yeah. you thought about Spider-Man. Uh, I think it's Disney's fault. That's my thought. I think a lot of people are blaming... See, here we are talking about it. I just I think feel lot... sad about it. I, uh, I do as well, but Tom Holland doesn't. Have you seen him? No. He put uh, his The one thing he's put up since then, since uh, it all happened, was an Instagram picture of him driving a sports car. And he's like, you know, 19-year-old or 20-year-old or however old he is, driving like an Aston Martin or something. He's doing all right. He's fine. Yeah. He's doing okay. It'll work out. I'm not that worried for Tom Holland no. like everyone else seems to be. I think he'll be all right. I just like him. I do as well. He's a good... Sp- Have you seen the new Spider-Man? Yes. Really liked it. Spider-Man's probably my favourite of the lot. Or one of them. Yeah, definitely. But you'd know that if you listened to our episode about them. I haven't had a chance to edit it yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got, I've got a backlog now. But it will be out... Well, this coming Monday from when we're recording. But it's probably out then. No, I mean, I meant a previous one. I'm sure I... Oh, really? I'm sure I went on about Spider-Man once. Maybe it was just a conversation I was having with someone. Maybe. Not everything's recorded, is it? No. I forget that sometimes. Well, everything is recorded, but we can do another one on the CIA or, yeah. or the MI5 on uh, another time, if you like. But uh, if you've got, uh, you've got an Alexa... Yeah, of course. You, so. she, oh, she's listening. She's listening. She knows How? about... She'll, she'll pipe up soon about... Well, you've said her name. You've triggered her. She's listening now. Oh, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to delete all, burn everything. Burn have you done down. the um, Say 100 in Welsh thing? No. Oh, we'll do it after. Sure. It's, yeah. it's not worth being on a podcast, no. Well, you'd have to get her over. <laughs> get her over. She can walk. I'm Listeners, ask Alexa to say 100 in Welsh, and then for Bantz, ask Alexa to say 100 in Welsh three times. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll do it after. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it after. <laughs> um, so, theatrical cut, back again. Yep. Talk to us about it. Uh, we're back. Yep. It's shiny and new. We were on a break, but as I stressed... In the last yes. episode, not like Ross and Rachel on a break. We were just, um, what's that? I'm calling Ross and Rachel wankers. Oh. Um, <laughs> that doesn't come across on a podcast, I realise. Yeah. yeah. Terry, Terry and I were going to take a few weeks off and that turned into a few months, which turned into about half a year. Um, so we're back shiny and new, new jingle, new yep. logo. Thanks to our friends that did those. Um, yeah, we just we just went away, had a little think about what we wanted to talk about and and came back essentially we were both very busy with you know yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. life takes over terry's trying to sell his house he has sold his house and yeah. he's moving um and i obviously got a new job and thing lots of things changed for me and terry so we yeah. just had to have a little step back and then step back in and good here, to have you back, though. here we are thanks very much no it's good worries. to be back thank you good and so we are back as like a cohesive unit to talk serial killers again yeah every now and then i think was it two years ago series one of mine that came out is it that long ago it feels like that long ago does it? Maybe. Or last year? I don't know. Fucking hell. Anyway, yes. Mindhunter Series 2. Uh, more mindhuntery, I suppose, really. And it's whereas Series 1 is the setup, Series 2 is very much 
they are a, a unit now. They've got a new boss. Mm-hmm. And he's Dr. very much Doctor Evil, and yeah. he's very much on board with what they want to do. Or is he? I think he just wants. To, I think it's a marketing opportunity. Yeah. I think he sees potential in all of them. But he, he's definitely using them. Like that comes across when this he's creepy. I don't like him. Like no. the, the bit where he uh, it's Doctor Wendy Carr, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The bit where she's at the party. And there's the guy coming up and he goes, right, so I need you to schmooze so-and-so. And he undoes the top button of her blouse. It's like, Ugh. Yeah. Don't like that. Uh, and she's obviously not interested in the guy. Well, he is a terrible, terrible guy. Yes. Um, just, just very quickly, have you mentioned that we're going to completely spoil this? Oh, no. Yeah. Everyone? Complete spoilers. If you haven't watched Mindhunter, probably don't watch a podcast that will be titled... Or listen to it. Even. Mindhunter Season 2. Yeah. yeah. Did I say watch? You can watch it if you want. That's probably even more boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are just drinking squash and talking into a microphone in a conservatory so yeah i wouldn't recommend that definitely listen though because it's going to be excellent what do you think of mindhunter season two then i really loved it i mean i really loved mindhunter series one yeah um because i love the subject matter um because who doesn't love a good serial killer right um and i love the way it's filmed because it's super stylish super slick and one of my absolute favorite things about it you might think this is really dumb when they put the place names up on the screen and it's really big (laughs) it just looks really cool i think it does as well it just looks really good it looks it looks 70s right yeah um doesn't try too hard to hide it if that makes any sense i know boom it's in your face yeah it's it's just really good i think it looks authentic as well Mm. some things don't always it's yeah. just a really slick tv show I mean, they're obviously filmed like mini movies as well yeah, aren't yeah, they yeah. there's obviously got a budget behind it um i really love it i think this the um focus on series two with the an actual um live investigation if you like yeah um was quite interesting yeah um and kind of less focus on their interviews this season. Yeah, so we mentioned it before mm. before we start recording. The the interviews felt like very tacked on, very like here's the serial killer of the week or here's the Yeah. Here's the person you might know about. But it, it almost feels like David Fincher go someone went to David Fincher and goes, Oh, we love what you did with Ed Kemper, we love what you did with yeah. um, Brudos. What well, we could do like uh, Manson, like he was locked up at this time, and we could do Berkowitz and like, Yeah. And I'd imagine we'll probably get... Um, Dharma was probably locked up at this time, wasn't he? Or was he still on the loose? I thought Dharma was a bit later. He might have been a bit later. Mm. Um, and we love what you're doing with BTK and stuff. So it feels like that's not what David Fincher wanted to do. Well, the... Okay, so the interviews... Yeah. So those of you that have seen it, um, yeah. if you haven't seen it and you're listening... Just go, go and watch it. Scott. Yeah, go and watch yeah. it. But they interviewed David Berkowitz, um, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and they interviewed Charles Manson because of his celebrity status. Yeah, yeah. Like Holden is desperate to have a bit of Charles Manson. But uh, Dr. Wendy is just kind of like, oh, he doesn't really fit our criteria. Yeah. And he doesn't at no. all. And person, I was there going, eh, Manson didn't kill anyone. So they were, they were just they were just interviewing someone famous I mean yeah. Holden got his fucking book signed didn't he I yeah, mean it yeah. was just like oh cringe I've never been much of a Manson fan <laughs> um, and and yeah and then Dr. Wendy Carr and poor Greg yeah. um, poor put upon Greg um, who's excluded from everything apart from these other interviews that those two go yeah. on but I never really quite worked out who they were interviewing they seem to get the or why 
they seem to get the non-celebrity yeah. interviews, um, like the B-movie serial killers, if you like. Um, there were some quite interesting interviews. I quite liked the character of Greg. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he's just a normal guy that's been thrust into this situation. Yeah. Um, but the BTK thing, they're not interviewing BTK. No. I liked the introduction at the start yeah. when we kind of... And I actually did a kind of, yes, BTK. <laughs> and um, and I thought, oh, this, this isn't really appropriate behaviour from anyone. Um, when he's uh, having the choky wank in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Um, and I got so excited about BTK because I didn't know how the series was going to go. And I thought yeah. we were going to get a BTK series. I don't mind that we didn't because I like the investigation that they did. Um, but when it ended as well, it's clearly mm. set up for a BTK series three. Yeah. But the thing thing with BTK is they're not going to catch him. But it was just... Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> Spoilers if you don't know BTK. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I, just, I, I just really, really loved it. I mean, essentially what I thought we what I thought it was setting us up for was in an investigation where BTK was obviously yeah. the guy they were looking for. But so they, they it, even mention it going, hey, it's going to land on your desk at some point. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of, I guess if you don't know, um, because they're, they're talking about real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're talking about real investigations. If, if you don't know those investigations and those people, you could think that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. Obviously, with us watching it, we knew straight away, oh, these are two separate things. Um, but yeah, I did like the inclusion of BTK very much. I like I like that it's still in the background. Like he yeah. it feels like he's gonna be the big I know this is really it's probably a little bit morbid, but he's gonna be the big bad of the series. Mm. He's gonna be the guy that they're they're building up to. Mm. And uh, if you know anything about BTK is that he wasn't caught till the nineties. So like he got away with it until his ego got the better of him, basically. Mm. So whether the the whole thing will end with like them slightly older, like ten years older, like in the nineties, finally catching up with BTK, which I really like the idea of wearing the... flares and crop tops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, watching. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, <laughs> but it's um, and and like everything is a lead up to that maybe, in between. Then I quite like the idea. But what I liked about this series was that. For starters, the, the serial killers, as I say, they felt like cameos, but they, they looked amazing. Yeah. So, like, Berkowitz is jarring how he looked, I thought, because he looked so much like him. Mm. And you're like, his face looks really plasticky. But then you look at pictures of David Berkowitz and you think, his face looks really plasticky. So they've done a good job of, of making him look like the actual David Berkowitz, mm. who doesn't look like a real person. Mm. Um, and then Manson, I thought, looked great. But I don't think added anything to the series whatsoever. No. Um, it was just, uh, here's Charles Manson. It's kind of yeah. like, I think Mindhunter Series 1 was so big and then Mindhunter Series 2 is is bigger and more yeah. people know about it. And kind of, in a way, they needed a celebrity for Holden. I mean, Holden's like losing yeah. his mind at meeting Charles Manson, yeah, yeah. isn't he? And obviously everyone they get to talk to about their work is just like, oh, you've got to talk to Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for people that are maybe just dipping into it and don't yeah. really have like a massive interest in serial killers, Charles Manson isn't one. Yeah. Um, but everyone's heard of Charles Manson. Yeah. People might not have heard of David Berkowitz. Might have heard of Son of Sam. Almost certainly, yeah. But not necessarily. If only because there was a film that was relatively popular on him. But I still suppose, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone's heard of Charles Manson. Yeah. Um, 
and people probably haven't heard of BTK either. I and don't Char- think what? Charles Manson's kind of the, the person of the, the moment as well. He's in about three different films at the moment as well. Yeah, and so um, we couldn't find him in the um, listing, the credits. Yeah. What, what do you, whatever you call it, the actor yeah. listings on IMDb. But it's the guy who plays Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who was also in the TV series Justified, which I've never watched, but mm. that's apparently what he's known for. I think he's Australian. Oh, okay. Uh, not that that's relevant, but. Um, so, yeah, maybe in danger of being typecast, but... <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, so Manson's fine. Um, I think he did a good portrayal of him. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you say, he doesn't really add anything. He certainly doesn't add anything to their um, their work. Yeah. Because, as Dr. Wendy says, he doesn't fit the criteria. Yeah. So let's just get rid of Manson. He's all, people already talk about him too much. Yeah. Um, what I really loved with... Um, when they go to talk to David Berkowitz and obviously yeah. sort of present them with BTK's little logo that he's leaving, that yeah, yeah. um, Berkowitz is actually quite chuffed that someone's copying him. <laughs> and he kind of like puffs up a little bit. And he goes, really? Someone's trying to copy me? Someone's doing my thing? I thought that was kind of cute, I even love though how, he's obviously a terrible man. I love how they address the whole demons in his head thing as well. Yeah. He goes, yeah, no, some just demon told me what to do. Okay. And now Holden just sees straight through it. Going, it's a crock of shit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, this, is, this, this isn't real, but yeah. I thought that was great. But it felt like that was window dressing. We're getting all, let's get all the negative stuff out of the way. I didn't think they knew what to do with Wendy Carr or Greg in this series. I thought, yeah. I'd, no, they didn't know. I think, I actually think they did the right thing with Greg. I yeah. think we can't, kind of saw him exactly how he's treated yeah, within yeah, the definitely. department. He was, the right man didn't get the job, mm. but we'll go on to that in a, in a short while. Mm. The right man didn't get the job, so they have to give the job to Greg. Yeah. Um, or they gave the job to Greg, rather. And he does come in with some useful insights, and he does actually sort of tell... I like there's a few bits towards the start where he actually tells um, Ford and Tench like a few things that they've yeah. got wrong. Or he says, well, actually, this, this, and this. And Wendy's like, yes, he's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually think that we we see Greg... Right, he's doing he's doing the investigations. Wendy's like, let's go and do these invest, uh, let's go and do these interviews. Fine, he's yeah. ex- he's included in meetings, but as soon as AD Gun turns yeah. up, he's asked to leave. He's never included in like big decisions or anything like that, which is kind of how I think it would be. Well, he We've... grasped on them is the problem, isn't it? Um, like, he grasped on them and no one yeah. respects him, yeah, Quite above him or below him, yeah. yeah. Um, but with Dr. Wendy Carr, I kind of feel like we didn't need that additional story of her meeting someone and getting in a, mm. a, like a brief relationship. Although I was re-watching some episodes with Lucy. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, don't worry about it. I put my phone on silent. <laughs> what a wanker. Um, wait, so Lucy and I were talking about it last night because there was a scene where... Um, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's all spoilers. Doctor, oh, I know, yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> Dr. Wendy asks her girlfriend to, is she asking her to move in or is she asking her to rent the spare room? We're not quite sure and neither's the girlfriend. But Lucy says, well, they've only been on a couple of dates. But actually, obviously, a lot more time has passed than we think. So I think with the ongoing investigation that the guys are taking part in, you get a good idea that a long amount of time has passed. With this sort of additional story of Dr. Wendy Carr seeing a bartender that she yeah. quite likes and starting dating her. 
you don't really get that. It no. does kind of feel like they've gone on a couple of dates and then they're thinking about moving in together. But it also seems entirely pointless. Yeah. Like, we know that she's a lesbian. Yeah. And, it, and we don't need to see her trying to get a girlfriend. I don't think. I don't think it adds anything to the series or the story. And I found the storyline really awkward and boring. But maybe that's just another way we're supposed to see her character. It's awkward and boring. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think that is a way you're supposed to see her character, but she's just... That shouldn't have been... Her MO shouldn't have been, she's the awkward and boring lesbian. She should have been more involved in something else, at least. Yeah, I would have... Right, all the time that they gave over to Wendy Carr and her relationship with... I can't remember her name. I would yeah. rather have seen Wendy Carr interviewing people. Well, yeah, and, and by all means, do that storyline. But like, have it. It, it shouldn't be the, her main story. Like, it just no. felt like they didn't, really didn't know what to do with it. Mm. And Greg isn't really one of the main characters, so it's not the end of the world. Although he's growing, we are seeing some kind of character growth. With I him. think we see him enough. Yeah. If if anything, if we're not going to have more interesting stuff with Wendy Carr, limit her screen time to the same amount as Greg. Yeah. And just give us more serial killers. Or um, the the other thing you could do is have the whole idea of uh, 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 the way she's treated. Do more of her at the party, like her yeah. being treated definitely not equally to the men, and then have the lesbian storyline as part of that as well, and have her just constantly trying to fight against the 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 men that, that work in the department or work in the or, FBI. Or um, more of like the office stuff where um, Ad Gunn says to her, "Oh, I'm not." I'm not keen on you going off to interview people. I can get anyone to do interviews. I need you back here doing what you do best. It's like, well, doesn't she interview best? Yeah. Or give her the BTK stuff. Hmm. Just just say that the the BTK stuff's her and then get uh, Tench and uh, Ford in on it on the next series or whatever Hmm. and just have them dealing with the um, Atlanta Atlanta stuff, which is the main storyline, which is fucking brilliant. Yeah. The the way they dealt with that is brilliant. And I kind of like that Holden almost takes a back seat in this series yeah. to Bill Tench. Because what's going on with Bill Tench is... And, and they don't explain it very well, but like every time he's he's walking into a meeting late in Atlanta, that's been another week. Because yeah. he's had to fly back for the weekend. He's had to go to his son's therapy or see his son's therapist. Yeah. Uh, and then go to work, go and schmooze whoever's working with the FBI, and then go back to Atlanta again. So every time you see him walking in late, it, it's another week. But it doesn't explain that very well uh, compared to uh, what's going on with uh, Wendy Carr. Like, I, th- I completely agree. It doesn't explain it very well. But it does seem like they've only been on a couple of dates. Hmm. So I don't know how you how you you do more of that. Maybe you do something really obvious, like say, we've been seeing each other a while now. So hmm. I was thinking maybe, you know, it doesn't make sense for you to live there. But... Yeah, so Bill Tench is going through a lot in this series. He's got a son who not only witnessed a murder hmm. of a toddler by the boys that he's told to go and play with by his dad to socialise, um, but also suggests something pretty gruesome yeah. as well, which he believes would revive him. Um, I thought from- that was just something the mum made up. No, I think that's what he said. I, okay. I, I figured that's what he said was that... I figured that's what she said. Oh, maybe. I yeah. didn't think about it like that. Possibly. Yeah, I thought that was her way of trying to find peace with it. Yeah. But anyway, so, tell, tell the listeners what he so did. So the, the boy um, hangs out with these older kids who then play a little too rough with a the toddler. 
and he then suggests according to the well whatever happens the toddler ends up on a crucifix basically mm. on the floor the mum it's led to believe that either the mum has suggested that that he thought that it would revive the kid or that there's something deeper some deeper psychological problems with uh, Bill Tench's kid or Bob Tench or Bill I was going to It's Bill 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 Tench's and the boy kid. is Brian Brian so then it leads to the fact that he's got this disconnect with his parents. There's definitely, there's definitely some. He's adopted, isn't he? He's adopted. Yeah, forgot about that. Um, but there's some definitely, um, there's some mental health issues with him. Definitely, mm. mental illness issues. Sorry, um, and that becomes clearer and clearer. And and in potentially twenty years, thirty years later, nowadays he'd be diagnosed with something, I believe, uh, and probably getting much better help than he's getting, mm. because all the blame is now resting on the parents. Yeah. And, and, and possibly... The fact um, that he works. Yeah. He, does does Brian know what his dad does? Yeah. Has he seen some of the pictures he brings home? And is maybe, that why or, yeah. he decided to put a dead toddler on a crucifix? The, I mean, the other thought I had was that I think that Bill's line of work would be what would get the blame. But maybe it's actually more something that the mother is doing. Well... But at the same time, I think he's just mentally ill. I think that's the, that's the, the big thing. You just thing don't know. I mean, it was quite an interesting little side story, I thought. Um, they've, got this, they've got this kid, yeah. which they adopted in series one, yeah. which I'd forgotten about. Totally. But anyway, so they adopt Brian. So already there's, there's an issue there. They, they want kids. They can't have them. So yeah. they decide to adopt this boy. Um, I don't know anything about adoption, but essentially this terrible thing happens they're a church going family by the way yeah this terrible thing happens and nancy bill's wife who i think is brilliant in this series because i mean she's got this kid who's witnessed a murder but also played some part in it as well he didn't tell anyone what had happened he could have got help and he didn't he watched it happen and then he did this suggested this thing which is either really dark or and I believe she yeah. came up with the thing about, oh, he was trying to save him. Yeah. Um, but from her point of view, she's trying to deal with this broken uh, child yeah. and her husband's absent. Yeah. He's away with work she's on all her the own time. Most of the time. And at some point she does say, did we do this to him or did we get him broken? Yeah. Like, did he come to us like this? Because they don't know what's happened to him in the past or have we done it? Yeah. And like you say, it could be some way that the mother behaves or the way that the father behaves or it could be the father's job. I mean, I don't believe Bill Tench goes home and leaves pictures of dead children laying around or gruesome crime scenes. He says he doesn't take his work home with him. But Um, they they go out there, like in the first episode, they go out of their way to show that he does talk about it because people people are fascinated by it. And, And that is relevant definitely to today when, like... Her character arc throughout the whole series is, is amazing because at the start she's very much um, go uh, go speak to the other people in the neighbourhood basically. Oh, maybe you could go out on the boat with him at the weekend. Mm. Maybe you could go do this. And then by the end she's like, we need to move out of here. We need yeah. to get out of here as quickly as possible. We need to sell the house. Um, so at the start when people are talking to him and he's trying to make small talk, it feels like the only thing he can talk about really is his work. So it does make you wonder whether he maybe his son's overheard a few conversations yeah. about... Uh, Jerry Brudos or Ed Kemper or something that that 
these people are obviously finding fascinating because they're constantly asking him questions about it. In the same way that, that if I met him, I would ask the questions mm. about it as well. So, yeah, her, her arc is that by the, by the end of it, he's spending so much time in Atlanta dealing with this, the, the child killing case, which we'll get onto in a bit, um, that she just sells up the house without him there, basically. Yeah, so the end of the season, we basically see Bill go home. Yeah. And the house is empty. Yeah. She's, she's just done it on her own without him. Um, but I guess we'll find out next season what happens I there. mean, it's, it kind of implies that he's lost his family, doesn't it, basically, through work. Yeah. And, but at the same time, the work he's doing is important. Um, but from her point of view, she's like, well, your, your family is important, your son's important. I mean, they've gone yeah. to all the trouble of adopting. Yeah. They obviously wanted a child very badly. Yeah. Um, I guess from her point of view, she's like, well, what's changed? Why aren't you here to help me with this? Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Nancy. Yeah, this, I thought she was excellent. In this season. Um, and Brian was suitably creepy. Yeah, he was, he was a very good child actor. Mm. There's, there's no we didn't really do that. anything, did he? No. He just like stared at the floor a lot, but he did it in quite a sinister way. I like the, the, the difference in detectives, though. So the detective dealing with the case for the kid is mm. clearly just messed up from this. Like he's never seen anything like this. The, the, the detective dealing with Brian's the, yeah. case, you mean? Yeah. yeah. And then he has got, to come around and tell them. Then you've got the detectives in Atlanta and they're very much more kind of by the book. Like this keeps happening and happening and happening. And, and whereas they're, they're flying in from a place. And one thing I want to mention is how many different airplane seats do you think they've got? Because they must have the same set for the airplane, but they must just swap the airplane seat covers. And also... Yeah. That plane's never full. I mean, it gets <laughs> to spread out a lot, doesn't it? I suppose flying is expensive. But, but yeah, poor Bill Tench. I was, this is another thing I mentioned yeah. to Lucy. I was just like, fuck that, like getting four yeah, flights yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, to um, essentially go home to a family who hate him. Yeah. <laughs> then, oh, um, I like that his, his uh, side story is that these are the places you could smoke in the 80s. I as know. Well. <laughs> like all the different places that you're like, you can't smoke there. Like all the old planes that still have ashtrays on them because it wasn't actually that long ago that you couldn't smoke. You could smoke on a plane. I know. But um, yeah, and so he, he has to deal with that and then he becomes Holden's babysitter. I love the interaction with the old, his old boss where Holden's like, you know, you know, sorry to see you retiring and his old boss just lets loose going, this is your fault that yeah. this is happening. Um, and, and it's clear that wherever he goes, Holden ruffles feathers. Yeah, well, his um, his views are very um, not of the time, are no. they? Something that I found really interesting, well, for a start, Holden's very boring. Let's just get that out of the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's incredibly interesting, but he's very... But all, like, what he's studying and his ideas are very interesting. How he puts them across is very dull, but he's also very arrogant. Yeah. Um, and he's a real bloody know-it-all. Yeah. And, you know, I can, I can imagine he's very trying to be around um what i found really interesting about this series obviously it's set in the 70s i don't know what year in the 70s but at the very so at the end of season one and Mm. recaps at the beginning of season two we see holden having um the panic attack a panic attack i thought he was having a nervous breakdown um basically he goes to see ed kemper ed kemper hugs him (laughs) and um holden's just like what but it's just a massive build-up. I mean, Holden's obviously very stressed. I mean, all he does is work, work, work. He probably works on like 24-hour-plus yeah. stretches. 
and it gets to a point where he just breaks and he's he's scared of Ed Kemper. Yeah. And he has a panic attack. But at the time, I mean, mental health is looked at very differently in the yeah. 70s to what it is now. Yeah. They strap him to a fucking <laughs> bed. Yeah. Right? Um, and treat him like they're going to put him in a lunatic asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's... I don't think they really knew what to do then. Well, the um, fact that these two who investigate... Um, how serial killers work don't really know what a panic attack is. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got... he Bill has to come and rescue him. Yeah. And bring him back from the hospital. And the whole time Bill's kind of like covering for him. Bill doesn't know where he is at first. He's just yeah. disappeared. Then he finds out what's happened to him. So he has to kind of like lie to his boss because he can't tell his boss, oh yeah, Ford just had a panic, panic attack, attack yeah. meeting a serial killer. Um, but they don't really see it as a panic attack, do they? I mean, Bill sees this as a real weakness yeah. in in Holden and he's just kind of like he uses the phrase pull yourself together and take a Valium yeah um, which is probably what a lot of people's um, thought process was at the time it probably people, a lot of people's thought processes now um, but Dr. Wendy Carr hmm. sees it as something serious as is she's like do you realise how this is going to affect our work yeah um, he really needs to sort of have his mental health in check if he's going to do this work and if Things like that are going to trigger him. Can you not see how that's going to be troublesome to our work? You know, if he has a panic attack when he meets a serial killer, um, that's yeah. kind of what we do. So, um, but she recognises it obviously mm. for the serious thing that it, that it is. And we do see Holden struggling a bit at the start, don't yeah. we? And he has he has another panic attack when his boss tells him he's a prick and he's the reason he's leaving the bureau, yeah. not because I'm retiring. No, I'm having to step down because of your fuck up. Yeah. And um, what I find really what I find really funny about these any kind of TV show or film is someone takes a pill and like that their symptoms are over. So he's having this panic attack. He's on the floor <laughs> and he takes he takes a tablet, crushes it in his mouth, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm chill now. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. Um, and that seemed to work for the whole series as well. Yeah, and it's like, really, is that where that go? Where can I get these tablets to work that fast? Um, and then and then we don't really see Holden suffering from those effects no. during the Atlanta investigation well, so maybe maybe he's got it in check I don't know but I thought I thought that was quite an interesting little take mm. on how they dealt with this man's mental health yeah. and essentially that some people would probably just lock him up yeah like it, it feels like they're using Holden as a weapon more than anything else like it doesn't feel like he's ever really treated as a person in this series it feels like he is the person you bring in and you just point at something and then watch him go basically with, with, say, it was almost like a lawnmower with Bill Tench being the guy that, um, that that's in control of him to make sure he doesn't um, yeah, go, up, go out off the maybe. rails. Maybe. I do think Holden... He does grow in this series, though. He has he does have some unique insights, yeah. and I do think that they need him. Um, and I think so- sometimes I was surprised when Bill Tench would turn around and say, if Holden says that's what it is, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And then other times he would just be like, no... But the, the the thing with the Atlanta, like it, the best thing about they do about that is they they do a really good job of saying this is happening for a while and no one can figure it out, but it's getting very political yeah. now, and they need to catch someone, which is why at the end when they catch, I'm going to say spoilers, even though by this point we've spoiled a load of it already, um, when they catch, uh, oh god, what's his name, Wayne. 
Williams, wasn't it? Wayne Williams? Can't remember. Um, who definitely killed two people that they're aware of, but they were mm. both adults. Um, and the trial's actually been reopened again um, in Atlanta okay. recently. Um, it, it's almost certain they catch the wrong person because he fits the profile that Holden's yeah. put together. Mm. Um, and the person that might have actually done it might not fit that profile. Mm. Um and and yeah, so so like in March this year, and it's been reopened a couple of times. That they they reopened it to try and catch the the person they actually believe did these crimes, because they closed it because they're like, right, problem solved. Now we can move on. Yeah. But there's a good chance that Wayne Williams only killed two people, and that someone else out there killed was it twenty six yeah. people in the end, twenty eight in total, wasn't it? So. So. We haven't really said what they were doing in Atlanta. No. There was someone um, oh, true. killing kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, a load of uh, black, mainly male kids killed. Yeah. And they were sent. It was essentially getting to the point where there were so many kids that were killed, they could build a profile because yeah, yeah. there were enough victims. And it was them trying to find the killer based on the profile that they were trying to create whilst the killings were going on. Um, but yeah, like you say, there's a lot of political stuff going on. That a lot of the family members think it's the clan that are doing it yeah there is i think a hilarious scene where they're trying to put together some crosses yeah. to try and to lure the killer out so they exactly. decide well, yeah. so essentially the family members and the a lot of members from the community and the churches are deciding to do this like memorial march yeah and holden comes up with this idea to erect some crosses at strategic at basically at at places where bodies have been found to try yeah. and lure the killer out because there's this theory that killers will revisit kill sites to have a wank or something. Um, yeah, but they, they find it erotic, don't they? They yeah. say, also, <laughs> okay, Dan's put it a nicer way than I have, I, maybe. I don't know, I made myself feel a bit sick saying it though. <laughs> saying erotic. Oh. Is there anything erotic about wanking? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Because there was this, I mean, it's so ludicrous, isn't it? And what we haven't mentioned is one of, well, I love this character, is the character of Jim, who's in Atlanta, who is, who's basically the black guy who should have got Greg's job. Yeah, because he's fucking brilliant. He knows his shit, yeah. right? And he's basically leading up the Atlanta investigation with them, isn't he? Um, and he's, he's doing his best, and he's, he knows how the Atlanta PD works, and he knows how things work in Atlanta and he's trying to help them get stuff done and he's also trying to help them on the profiling side because yeah, that's yeah. where his interest lies but when they have to try and get these crosses and there's this big hoo-ha about where they're going to get them from they need to raise like a PO <laughs> and get authorization from this department to get the payment when the crosses finally arrive they're self-assembly so you've got Ford Tench and this Jim Barney trying to hurriedly make these crosses um to go and put out a thing and I thought it was quite a comical scene yeah like that that bit is obviously the bit afterwards where he's running along with the cross to try and uh, yeah that, that's like horrible it's, and then, it's so awkward yeah it's so awkward but did you notice that the um that by the image changed during that it looked it was filmed to look hmm. like actual footage yeah but it wasn't like the people changed it was it was still the actors but the picture went all scratchy i'd imagine they do it to say like this is when this is being filmed this is like the pr side of things and just say like 
obviously looks really bad that you've got an, a white FBI agent at the, the front and these people are Sprinting kind of... Sprinting with a cross on yeah, his back. Yeah, yeah. Like a faux Jesus. And these guys are trying to be the ones that um, that catch, um, that are catching the... They're, they're marching against the FBI, essentially, because they've failed to catch the person involved. Mm. Um, yeah, so the whole Atlanta stuff is brilliant, I thought. Mm-hmm. Really, really well done. Really, um, one of the lines that sticks with me is the uh, girl that works in the hotel. Mm. And he's going, but it doesn't fit the profile. It doesn't fit the profile. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, uh, black kids aren't going to get in, in a, a white man's car for any reason. We, we trialed it. We did all these tests. And she goes, where did you do the tests? And he went, Baltimore. And he goes, well, that's Baltimore. This is Atlanta. This is different from Baltimore. And it does a lot of, it says a lot about how segregated America is mm. and how different, different areas of America are. And so Atlanta was 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 very uh, mixed in terms of culture and 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 uh, neighborhoods and 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 you see you see a bit of that when uh, they're camped out outside. I think it is Wayne Williams, I think, his house, um, and and it's very different from when they're in Baltimore, for example, which is clearly a lot rougher. And anyone mm. who's seen The Wire will will notice that that Baltimore is is problematic. I think it's fair to say. Mm. Uh, in in terms of particularly race issues back in the seventies and eighties, I'd imagine, and and so it's very different from. It goes out of its way to say that this might not be a race thing. This might just be. This could still be the clan, basically, mm. um, who obviously in the south had a massive presence at the time, despite it being illegal, and it could still very well have been the the two people that they tap the phones for as well. Mm. Um, who are obviously very smart and have obviously been picked up. They go out of their way to say that they don't even need need a lawyer anymore. They they know exactly what they need to say to be to be released. So really interesting the whole thing and, and goes out of its way to to show that that I mean this was only thirty year, thirty years ago. Mm. Thirty nearly forty years ago, probably forty years ago to be fair. Um and the race issues were incredibly different, hopefully how they are nowadays mm. at least as bad as it is nowadays or it's, it seems to be there was a pinnacle and it's beginning to get worse again but it, it feels like even 40 years ago that was considered acceptable mm. and that's crazy to me that that America is so young that that these times that are considered a fair while ago and looked like they were a long time ago weren't actually that long ago yeah um, and that the, the clan could very well have been involved in a lot of these killings because then they mention the house by the stadium, don't they? Yeah. In the end, which they never go and investigate. No. Because they close the case before. Yeah. Because they got they got the guy. They got the guy. Yeah. Um, and then right at the end of the season, it comes up, doesn't it, with a little mm. bit on the screen. It says, as of 2019, these cases still haven't been solved. It's nuts. Um, it's absolutely crazy. Um, I did like the group of mothers. Yes. In Atlanta, led by that one extremely scary mother who just so there's a few scenes where you see like town meetings and you've got the uh the mayor they've elected a black mayor and who's the other guy is he like the police commissioner or something yes um and are they also elected i believe so yeah i think they elected a black mayor and a black police commissioner it's a, yeah. and they did that on purpose but then the way these families are looking at it is like well our kids are still being killed and what are you doing about it yeah. um and the the mayor tries to put the the 
the community's minds at rest. But essentially, it's this this mother, isn't it? And she's saying, no, this is what we're doing. And the community kind of have faith in her. They don't have faith in the police or the FBI or their mayor. They're looking to this mother. Yeah. Um, who, you know, let's be honest, if anyone's going to have the most interest in this case, it's going to be her. Yeah, it almost becomes like a militia. Mm. Which is interesting. And it just seems like it could have... Like if it had gone on any longer, um, then it feels like it would have it would have got a lot worse. Like it, it was heading that way, uh, and wh- whether that's over dramatized for TV, I actually don't get the feeling it probably was. I think that this was something that was, if anything, maybe they toned it down a little bit mm. at times for for the purpose of the TV show. But um, it's just really interesting that I started watching Mindhunter because it had Jerry Brudos, someone playing Jerry Brudos and Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper's in this a little bit, and his interview is great again. Yeah. The guy who plays him is perfect. Um, but it becomes more about historic events in this mm. series, and yeah. I thought that was really, really good. And a horror- historic event that I spent the whole time Googling as I was watching, because mm. I didn't really know anything about it. So, I'm sure there'll be a book out. Almost certainly, yeah. But this is clearly something that David Finch is interested in. I mean, mm. he, did, he did Zodiac as well, didn't he? Mm. So... So I'm very excited for season three. Uh, hopefully yeah. we won't have to wait as long as we had to wait for season two. Anything else like true crime you've watched just before we Ooh. wrap it up? Or listen to? I mean, I'm still listening to the last podcast. You put me on the spot. I, I have, I'll be honest, I've had a bit of a um, a podcast break. Yeah. Um, because my job changed. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts when I was doing my last job. Because my job role's changed. I don't listen to them at work anymore. So I'm back listening to last podcast and I was listening to a lot of side stories, but yeah, yeah. I realised I was missing missing out the heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've started listening again. I'm going, I've gone back quite a while. Well, let me just, I've got my phone here. As I left it on. Because they've just started uh, Mormonism. I'm not that, I am yeah. quite a way behind. Um, like your phone case. Thanks. I mean, that'll come up on the pod and I'll leave that in. That's uh, Bell Guinness or Bell Gunness. Oh, she's yes. quite old, isn't it? It's from July. Well, it's not that old. That's I not guess. that old at all. I think that's um, the last heavy hitter. From July, but I probably will go back and listen to their BTK. Yeah. Heavy hitters. Yeah, that was really good, that one. There's a few of them I'd like them to redo now because they, they get go into so much more detail. Yeah, because the early ones, they, it was almost like they just touched on them, didn't they? They did half an episode on Zodiac, uh, for example. Yeah. And like, I'd, ra- I'd rather they'd like them to go back and go into like more into like the ciphers and, and everything. and. And then there's a few of the heavy hitters that they only did like one and a half episodes on, basically. Mm. That probably, probably be more. They could probably mine more from that now. But what I like is that they're, they're doing the ones that are less obvious now because they're probably running out of the big. What do I want to say? Superstar heavy hitters, but the the ones that everyone knows about. So, mm. but yeah, so yeah, that's good. We're going to see it in September. I know. Very excited about that with uh, David from Adventure Authority. So. Um, at yeah. Union Chapel as well. Yeah. That, I think they're going to love it there. I think they will as well. Yeah. It seems like right up their street. They did... Um, totally. Didn't they do something at the Church of Scientology or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but yeah. Maybe there like, just seems to be something quite twisted about seeing them in a church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and not bursting into flames. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. I'm very excited about that. Uh, other than that, though, not much. Although I started watching that... Um, oh, God, The Family... The one about um, uh, the, the film the, of Robert De Niro. Yeah, the the religious people that are behind uh, the all the big governments in, in in the world. It's really good. It's on Netflix. 
what I've seen of it so far. It's one of those ones that I watched it and went, nah, though. And I was like, and I had to Google, is this actually based on anything real? Because it's it's uh, dramatised a lot of it. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounded really loud. Sorry, I don't know what dramatised is apparently a loud word, but yeah. So. No, I meant me. Oh, sorry. But yeah. So yeah, that's it. There we go. Mindhunter Series 2, give it a watch. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't watched, I have spoken to a few people and I've been like, have you watched the new Mindhunter? And yeah. they're like, I haven't watched season one. Um, you've got to watch it. It's, it's so good. I mean, even if you're not into serial killers, I just think it's a good drama series, isn't it? Good really characters. Well put together. So so nicely filmed. It's very, yeah. very watchable. It's very pleasing to watch. Yeah. I really liked the um at the end of each episode they kind of there's a song yeah. that plays out. Um Gary Newman is one of them because that causes a lot of excitement. <laughs> um and Tusk. Oh my well. god, yes. When they started playing Tusk, I was like, Oh my god, could this series get any better? It fits so well though. I know. Tusk the, fits well with everything. The opening credits, so I'm going to say this word again and I can't believe I'm going to say it. I was hoping I wouldn't. Not going on a journey. No. Um, the opening credits, and Mark Kermode talks about the eroticism of, of um, film and like lacing a film up and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. And like the opening credits really kind of plays into that when you're watching it and going, I kind of understand it, but then intersperse it with like, what the bodies. opening credits remind me of are the opening credits to Seven. Yeah. Just the vibe of them. Of course, which is David yeah. Fincher. Somewhere. It really, really reminds me of that, even though it's not like spliced like yeah. Seven is. Um, that's what it's always reminded me of. Yeah, definitely. And also, <laughs> this is really, really boring. <laughs> Every time <laughs> I see the name come up on the screen, I get excited. The music's by Jason Hill, which is basically my name, because <laughs> Jason is an anagram of Sonia. <laughs> He always buys her name. So, yeah, fun fact for you. <laughs> I suppose it is, yeah. 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 So I never Jason Hill that. is the boy version of me. <laughs> um, so, well, I have revealed my name, so anyone can find me on Facebook, so I'm going to be deleting everything now. <laughs> sure, just, just like burning it in a fire. Yeah. Um, shredding, shredding all the evidence. Um, theatrical cut then what's next for you guys so I think at this point I, I don't know when this is going to be released hopefully next week so I'd imagine it will be clowns or you not announced that no yet? so the next um, you by the time you hear this yeah you guys should have heard our crocodile crocodile and alligator yeah. episode um, I love that <laughs> which is was super fun. Who knew there were so many crocodile and alligator films? Turns out more crocodile than alligator, but there we go. <laughs> Did um, you do a tally chart? <laughs> we were like, every fucking film's a crocodile. <laughs> but if you listen to the episode and you hear my fun facts about crocodiles and alligators, I think I explain why crocodiles feature in more films than alligators. Um, and then our next episode is going to be about clowns. Yeah. Because It Chapter 2 is coming out. I saw a Another new trailer for that. Yeah. The other night, um, which looked fine. It, the first trailer I saw, um, I think, it was just like a teaser. This yeah. one was a bit longer. Showed all the adults, and they did that. They did like a a shot of the kid, and then yeah. a shot of the old one, as if we couldn't work out which one was which. They're pretty much dressed like, the same, aren't they? It was like, well, yeah. let we can work it out. We can yeah. work it out. Um, I haven't seen the first one. The new one. I've seen the original one, but I haven't seen the first new one. What? I know, right? What? I know. I must be the only person that hasn't seen it. What? I know. 
I'm aware of this. I'll watch it at some point. hell. I'm just not remotely interested. I like the Tim Curry one. I like the Tim Curry one. This this is decent. I mean, I, I, I'm a big Stephen King fan, yeah. so I'm I'm quite picky about these things. But I'm also a massive Tim Curry fan, and I think yeah. his Pennywise is just something to behold. But yeah. this new Pennywise is also something to I'll, behold. I'll give it a watch. It's, it's, I think it's on Sky, so I'll give it a watch. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very decent version of Maybe of what it. I'll do is I'll watch the first one and then immediately go to cinema to see the second one. You could do that. Yeah. My recommendation to everyone, though, is to read the book. Yeah. It's I've a chunk the, of I don't think book. I've read the book. No, I haven't read the book. Hmm. It's I, a big bugger. You'd know if you'd read I it. The only Stephen King book, I think this is off topic completely, is The Shining, which is great. But, yeah. yeah. I recently reread Pet Cemetery. Obvs. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we are going off topic now. <laughs> I'm now reading Warhorse. What are you reading, Dan? Oh, um, the back of a microwavable macaroni <laughs> yeah. cheese, generally, probably. I'm going to read The Boys because the TV series is so fucking good. Like, probably, like, I love Mindhunter. Uh, I'd love to do one on The Boys if anyone else has watched it. If I can get convince anyone. Tumbleweed. From, yeah, if I can convince anyone from too much time and I have to watch it. If not, then I can find someone. But I'd love to do a, a, a series one on the the boys. I also want to do another one of these on Strange Things series three as well. At some point, if you're interested. I've been watching a lot of Queer Eye. If you want to do one on that, I, I love Queer Eye. But right, can, can I just? Yeah. I've I've put this to Lucy, and I've put this to a few people that have watched it. The guys, the the Fab Five. Yeah. And you might disagree with this because you made a gesture about Ross and Rachel. I can't pick a favorite. It's like the, for characters of Friends, you, it's impossible to pick a favorite. I can't remember the names, but I'm going to look it up now. Describe him. No. How do you not know their names? <laughs> oh, uh, Karam- Karamo. Oh, God, he's so beautiful, so isn't beautiful. he? So beautiful. Fuck about. But yeah. he clearly wears makeup on his head. So I don't really have a problem with that. He, he's the one that had a kid, right? Yeah. And then adopted the kid or something silly like that. Like, he's just a ridiculously nice person. from A lot older than he looks as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, However, he has the easiest fucking job in the world. What, just having a chat? Yeah. Having a chat. Like, so there's him, and then who's the guy that does everything? Bobby. Bobby. Like, you're going to deal with the fucking house. Yeah. Bobby's a hero. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes think Anthony gets off easy Food as well. And wine. If they know how to cook, he's just <laughs> like, here's an avocado, let's smash it. But I love Anthony. They've got separate people for grooming and fashion, and yet they've got one person for interior design. Yeah. But... But grooming, grooming and fashion yeah. do a lot of work. Jonathan <laughs> has really come into his own. He could have a lovely time with you. I fucking love Jonathan, though. Oh. I, lo- I love them all. They're all great. But Right, we've gone massively off topic. If I'm talking about serial killers, everyone should watch Jonathan's stories because he's got three new kittens and every day he posts stories of how he feeds them <laughs> and it's the most beautiful thing I've seen it's on the internet. It's kind of like a palate cleanser because you should definitely watch Queer Eye. It is great. But Bobby does fucking everything. Bobby does all the work, yeah. <laughs> just... We're desperate. We're desperate for them to come to the UK yeah. and for them to do me and Lucy. And we're just like... <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> get Bobby in here. Yeah. Get Bobby in here to, you know, get flick a can of paint around or whatever. Get Tan to work his magic. Tan, he's the fashion one. Yes. Um, has guilted me into ironing my clothes. <laughs> right? <laughs> a man who I'll never meet... <laughs> But I'm worried in case I do bump into him. So basically, one one episode, they were chatting to this guy and he just said, oh, I just buy non-iron shirts, yeah? You know yeah. those shirts that 
say they don't need to be ironed mm. because then, you know, I'm just always ready to go. And Tam was just like, no, always iron your clothes. Like, it's the impression you give when you mm. meet anyone that your clothes are neatly pressed. And I was just like, oh, my God, I haven't ironed anything in, like, four years. I don't iron anything. I'm just a massive crease walking around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've started ironing my clothes. Oh, fair play. I know. <laughs> I, I iron them and then sleep in them, though, so <laughs> it cancels it out. Um, but, yeah, Tan guilted me into getting an iron out well if you want to do oh there's uh, my notebook oh. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't find <laughs> it's right next to me if you want to do a queer eye episode feel free to do one on too much time on our hands i probably won't be on it i haven't watched enough episodes i turned off the last episode i watched they had a green bay packers fan on it i went nah the only episode the only episode i've never watched is yeah. when they um they have a lady who's a hunter yeah. And she's in all the camo gear and she goes out and she shoots shit. And we were just like, nah, we don't want to Maybe they that. convince her to not shoot shit. I don't think so. They seemed quite interested in what she was doing. Yeah. But if you're listening, mm. Queer Eye, I'm sat opposite someone who is prime, <laughs> who is prime for you to get your 10 hands all over him. I mean, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very, very attractive. Jonathan would have a field day with what you've got going on. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so I'd have a tan. lot less hair. Tan would just be like, those t-shirts are not age appropriate. Is, oh, that's me, me and you wearing our band T-shirts and what have you. I'm wearing a Dungeons and Dragons into t-shirt. our middle ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. They're yeah. not age appropriate, apparently. Who gives a shit? Fuck you, Tan. You can't control my. Don't life. ever <laughs> talk about Tan like that. So yeah, I might do one of Stranger Things season three. Yeah, if you fancy just, that. Dan's going to cut all of that out. Yeah. <laughs> I figured a new way. Tom said something really inappropriate the other day on the podcast, and uh, so because he was just off on one, I. Just, I got to the end, and I just went, hate to interrupt you, Tom. And Russ just went, did you do that just so you can just slide it, slide it in and it won't be too jarring? Mm. And I went, yeah. So my new one is just going to be like, hate to interrupt you, Sonia. But I do think we will probably uh, we'll probably do like one of Strange Things Season 3 if you fancy it. But I might get Tom in on that one. Just watch that. Yeah, do it with Tom. Yeah, yeah sure. Right, cool. Um, and um, I want to do one on The Boys. So if someone can watch The Boys who listens to this podcast, someone will do The Boys we're going to wrap this up thanks for listening if they want to contact Theatrical Cut they can contact you where? Um, on the face back face back Facebook. fucking hell I'm down with the kids uh, it's very warm in here Facebook <laughs> yeah. and Instagram yeah we're Theatrical Cut Pod on yeah. Instagram um, yeah or Facebook just search for Theatrical Cut yeah Pod I guess it should come up yeah yeah um, we're, we're too much time on our hands just at TMTOH on everything uh, except for uh, Tumblr and Pinterest, and we're not on TikTok yet. What about Etsy? Not on Etsy, no. I, I The, the, the long-running thing at the moment is I accidentally said Tumblr, we're not on Tumblr, and then you heard me mutter, it's for nonces, under my breath. <laughs> and Tom went, what? I go, I went, nothing. <laughs> so now, yeah, we're not on Tumblr because it's for nonces. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, we're going to go now. Thanks for listening. There'll be probably about 40 pods up this week because I've recorded loads, so, yeah. See you soon. Bye. Bye.